you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. That he is here in the will of God. God never makes mistakes. He always knows exactly what he's doing. CLC, would you open your heart and would you make welcome Bishop Rick Gonzalez. Bishop of Chicago, God bless you. Take your liberty, sir. Clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, give him all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. King of kings and Lord of lords, we give you praise, we give you honor. The Lord bless you tonight. Please be seated for a moment. Thank you so much for such a kind welcome. I'm going to try not to show how much I am from Chicago. So my wife told me I have to mind my manners. I disobeyed in one area. I didn't wear a tie, but don't tell her. She's busy right now teaching, so she's distracted. Praise God. What an honor to be here. And I know the will of God when it comes to these matters. I understand that uh, Greg was, Brother Godwin was supposed to be here. I know him well. He's a great, great man of God. But uh, God does all things right. And so the most important thing of all is that Jesus shows up. If he shows up, everything is going to be okay. Amen. I give honor to your bishop and first lady and to his family, all of you here tonight. What an amazing, amazing presence of the Lord is here. Amen. I uh, I got a download from the Lord a little while ago. I hate it when he does that to me, but he does it a lot. He won't talk to me until the last minute. And so we have an understanding that I get to be upset with him about that, and then I submit, and everything works out just fine. This church, this place is holy ground. I don't use that term lightly. It is holy ground for many reasons. And uh, there are such prophetic implications present here and now. Normally, do not begin a meeting moving in the prophetic. But there is something happening in this region that is centered here. And it has been in the works for several seasons. I'm just a mailman, you understand? Your hands to the Lord right now. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. At the sound of his voice, the dormant seed sown in past revivals is now coming to life. Ah. And the Lord has spoken and his spirit has moved and said to the north, give up. And to the south, give up. And to the east, give up. And to the west, give up. For I have called this seed to germinate in this season. And I will give you unprecedented harvest. I have bottled the tears of intercession from generations. And I am entrusting you with the revival that I now bring into this region. I have spoken, saith the Lord of hosts. Give him praise, church. Give him praise. Do it some more. Do it some more. It's bearing witness to you as a body. But it needs to bear witness to you as individuals because he is separating you individually to understand what your place will be in this revival. The Holy Ghost is saying all boots on the ground. All boots on the ground. Give him praise, honor, and glory this night. say it's been an interesting season would be an understatement that God has never been caught by surprise. The external circumstances that we have faced, if we've kept our focus corporately and individually, have not been able in any way to disrupt who we are at our core. Identity will be the first thing that is attacked in seasons like these. It was in the wilderness that the enemy came to Jesus. More than how he tempted him was the question that he posed to him before every temptation. If thou be the son of God. And so the question that the spirit is saying and asking the church today is, do you know your identity, because if thou be, if thou be, if you are apostolic, if you are walking in that revelation, if you know who you are, then this season has had a completely different perspective than anyone else could ever have because we operate and we flow in a different dimension than anybody else. We're the church, not a church. We are the church of the living God. So your identity remains intact and under construction. You are being developed to gain access to the next dimension that God has for you. It is not just a revival of souls, but it is entering into places 
in the spirit, navigating waters so deep and so profound that they are reserved only for those who walk in revelation and understanding. And so, for that reason, we understand and we must have understood that we have not been at war with a virus. We have not been at war or in some kind of a battle because of civil unrest in our world around our perimeters, if you please. We are at a war or in a war to become whom God has called us to be. We are in a war to develop and to be formed and to be thrust beyond our comfort zone for the times and what God has spoken to this church demands us to stand at the door and walk through the threshold of that new dimension. What you are living in right now, and it's not over yet, is very simply a primary spiritual event. God is a specialist when it comes to those things. And he knows exactly where to orchestrate the move of his spirit. The reason why this prophecy has come to you is because somewhere down the line, enough of the core of this church, possibly the majority, have reached for him, have called upon him, and he cannot help but concentrate his presence the most where he senses and knows there is the most hunger for him. I am hungry. I thirst. First lady, stand to your feet. Hear what the Lord is saying to you. As he is saying it to the church, he has singled you and separated you unto him. What has been obvious in the natural, a perceived battle with sickness and with adversity is not just that. But what has happened is the Lord has heard the cry that came from your soul, and he has separated you unto himself. These are the symptoms of a faith that is being ushered to a new level. Take a step forward and receive that. Lift your hands again. The Lord wants you to understand he has entrusted you with this season and with this pain and with this situation because he wants you to know he will have the last word. He will have the last word. Come on, church, lift him up. Come on, church, God has factored everybody's humanity into this spiritual equation. Your human concerns are understood, but your faith must rise above it. Shate ila anabris daike yoso. You see, and so it is indeed a primary spiritual event. I know this is unconventional. I'm not very traditional. I just like to flow in the Holy Ghost, if that's okay.
Come on, lift your hands, church. There's a shift taking place in the spirit. There's a shift taking place in the spirit. Mm. This is visitation. This is visitation. This is divine visitation. There's a shifting, there's a changing of the guard. There's a transfer of authority taking place. Lift your hands right now. Some of you don't even have a clue, but God is about to transfer to you a new level of authority. And authority is rooted in relationship. When you become intimate with God, then you become entitled and you release him to give you more authority in the spirit. This is not about power. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what's happening in the Holy Ghost. The Lord's trying to help you understand the difference between power and authority. Power is momentary. It can be expressed in any way, shape, or form. But authority is recognized before power is released when you walk in the Holy Ghost. When Jesus walked into the land of the Gadarenes, the demons recognized his authority before he even cut loose with any power. That's relationship. And this church has been pushing for the relationship. That's why I can declare there is a new level of authority. There is a new transfer. Ah. Don't worry about the limp. It's my thorn. When my thorn starts acting up, I know I'm on. So don't worry. Don't you dare pray for me for that. Here it goes. Visitation is what's taking place. Visitation always has a venue, a place, a location divinely appointed by he who operates and makes his decisions based on the counsel of his own will. He has smiled upon this conference and upon this church. He is ready. Visitation has a place and visitation has a timing. This is the time. And it started for this particular move of God, understand, for this chapter of revival. It started as soon as the darkness of COVID began, the assault and the offensive against mankind. I'm about to take you somewhere. Stay with me. And visitation, once God orchestrates and determines the venue, the place, the location, and he determines the timing, visitation always brings revelation. Do you have a revelation right now? Because before this weekend is over, you're going to have a revelation about the whole thing in a new different way. You're going to see things you never saw before. You're going to understand things you never understood before. I release apostolic authority. Lift your hands right now. I release it on a whole different level. In the name of Jesus. Ah. I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm here by divine appointment, but I'm also here 
because the man of God that God has placed over your lives is walking in that dimension and taking you there. I'm just joining him, hands with him right now in the spirit to, to confirm to you more than ever as authority is released upon you. Understand the authority of the man of God and understand the importance of the chain of command in the spirit because God is dealing with your bishop about some deep stuff and he needs somebody to stand behind him and walk and back him up and have his back. Do I have a church up in here that believes that? This kind of stuff cannot go autonomously in one direction or another. This thing has to be orchestrated and bound by the perimeters of the principles of the scripture, a chain of command, authority in the spirit. Genesis 50. Got most of you standing, or Jesus does. Now, I want to say this to you so you understand. Uh, I'm kind of an anomaly at these things, I'm not reckless. I'm a man under authority. I have men of God in my life that I answer to. These are men who swim in waters deeper than I've ever swam, and I hope someday to swim in those waters. These are men who understand my ministry, and as I stand here today, they are praying for me because I am submitted. And so I say that of some of the things I'm going to share with you so you understand that we're all connected here in the spirit. Amen. Genesis 50, verse 24. We're going down from 25 and maybe 26. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from hence and so Joseph died and he was uh, being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt be seated please I want you to notice that he prophesied a visitation, and he made the point twice that God would visit. In the context of the verses, it is simple to conclude that what he spoke of would be the exodus from Egypt and on through the journeys in the wilderness, and eventually, after a few defining moments, entry and access into the promised land. Are you listening? And so, twice he said it, and many have concluded how that all came to be and have even very boldly proclaimed it from the pulpit. Let me bring to you a little bit of a different observation here. There is no doubt that we often have to follow God with a certain degree of uncertainty. We all have to. And there's plenty of scripture 
to back up that which our flesh cannot reconcile. And that is that we walk by faith and not by sight. God is not obligated to reveal everything to you. But as what I call the Abrahamic principle, he can only reveal to you that which you have earned by virtue of your obedience in the journey. It is a progressive revelation, and yet he certainly is an expert at uncertainty. But there's a reason for that. He's forging the relationship. He is teaching you to trust him. He doesn't have to always explain everything, but we move, as it were, from glory to glory and faith to faith. The problem is that sometimes we have a certain expectation that is birthed from our own humanity and our own reason that oftentimes nullifies the purpose of why God is being uncertain or why God is doing certain things and we come to a conclusion that is completely out of context with his purpose and his divine will. The high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, who dwells both in the past, present, and future at the same time, that's a spoonful. has determined your destiny while he stands in your past helping you to reconcile everything that you ever did, everything that ever happened to you, every situation you were involved in, he stands in your present also ready to use you in the moment and yet by the same, at the same time he is preparing your destiny and he awaits for you just down the road. You can't get that kind of a promise from anyone else but God. And you ought to be grateful that he is living in every time frame and dimension that your life will ever experience. And yet we have such a limited revelation of what really transpires when we come under visitation. As your bishop and I were discussing in the office and he shared a little bit about the history of the church and some of those defining moments that took place that really became landmarks of what this church has now come to be and certainly determining factors and the catalyst for what this church's destiny is going to be. He and I both understand one thing, that if we are going to see what God has given us and we're going to see the fulfillment of the prophetic words that have been spoken, although many already have, yet many more will if we understand that we cannot look for him. Listen, or as I tell our multicultural congregation, Listen to me. We cannot look for him where he no longer is. We cannot yearn for moves of God that already served their purpose. Can I get an amen? We cannot go looking for that certain touch we got Last week, he's no longer in last week. Not as far as you're concerned. Not as far as your destiny is concerned. He was there for a purpose. And he may dwell there yet, but he has that right because he's not stuck there. But we tend to get stuck sometimes and we cannot move forward. And what God has come to tell you is this visitation is ongoing. And you need to track him. You need to track his movement. People have been tracking COVID and tracking 
tracking war and tracking politics and tracking everything and tracking the news and YouTube and Facebook and like crazy. And God is saying, I need somebody to track me. Track my movement. I'm on the move. Lift your hands and worship him. a parable of confusion and misunderstanding and life becomes a testament to that which is called disorientation because we have altogether missed the entirety and the complexity of what true visitation is don't worry this is not just one message tonight and then another message tomorrow. I don't do that. This is one message broken down into five services. That's how I roll. He, if you'll just talk to me. You heard me. And so we're in danger. not seeing what the scripture is trying to declare to us in John chapter 1. Is this all right? He was in the world, verse 10, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The world knew him not. We can all accept that. It's fundamentally so, that darkness, blindness, and whatever else that sin does has kept the world from knowing him. But my fear is that he did show up. And the scripture does go on to say, he came unto his own. And his own received him not. That is the thing that concerns me about the church, that God has showed up, but we're too busy about the work of God to realize that we're under visitation. And this is why so many churches around us have closed. And this is why some pastors have resigned and why people have walked out on God and religion has been exposed for what it is. Because it's a shame to consider or to even think the thought that he would come to his own, especially those birthed in the fires of Pentecostal revival those birthed in the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, those birthed under the authority of the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, Jesus. But that happened. And we know that they knew him because Nicodemus came to Jesus, mind you, a ranking member of the Sanhedrin showed up undercover. And he said this, we know, we know, we know, we just don't want to know you, we know, but here's the problem. When he comes and he doesn't fit our theology, he doesn't fit our philosophical point of view, he doesn't even fit our eschatology. Are you listening? 
we have a problem. And that's why the church is always just one generation away from becoming extinct or institutionalized because we have been assimilated into a mentality that has recreated our theology, our philosophical approach to what it means to be a Christian and what revival really means. And at the end of the day, who he really is. And so, when he doesn't come in that right packaging, oh, he comes, but somehow our traditions get threatened. We are institutional, institutionalized. And if anybody's ever done time, you understand what I'm talking about. Don't say amen, it's under the blood. <laughs> Comes a time when you lose all your rights and privileges and you walk with the collective of an institution. You are forced into that. And you know, we can talk about it, about denominal Christians. We can even criticize other religions. But we are just as guilty Pentecostals when we begin to worship our traditions and not our God. When we begin to worship our doctrine and not the God who revealed it. When we begin to worship our holiness and not the God who is holy. Can I get a witness? Oh, I believe in every bit of that. But don't get me wrong. I've been around the block a few times. I wasn't raised in this. Sometimes when I look at the third and fourth generation and sometimes the second, I'm glad. Because I want no part of that mentality that keeps him out there knocking on the door. But he can't have access because we're too busy talking about him. Walking around with the latest manual of how revival is going to be orchestrated. And all you knuckleheads, here goes Chicago, I'm sorry. All you knuckleheads, you get on Facebook and you throw out your little quotes so profound and you get all the likes. You don't even believe that. You just cut and pasted that nonsense and you're not even living it. But you got a persona. You got an identity out there. And it's not even what Jesus called you to be. You just want everybody else to love you. Hey. Woo. I'm losing you. <laughs> and that's why I don't preach for money. Sit down. I mean, please be seated. like it you do have the right to remain silent <laughs> so multiple generations bishop they waited for him he was spoken of some of the prophets didn't even realize what they were saying they did not have revelation some perhaps did we'll never know who did and who didn't because as you know, if you went to Bible college, how many went to IBC? God will forgive you. I went to Stockton. He already forgave me. But we get caught up in those things. And at the end of the day, we miss the visitation. Multiple generations reached for him, trying to reconcile his coming, his visitation. And when he did, evidently it wasn't good enough. He didn't ask the elders for permission. He showed up in a manger. My goodness, what kind of an entry is that? 
And so, when he doesn't fit our systems and schedules, we have a problem with him. I know it's none of you. I'm just, this is just a commercial. In case there's one or two institutional Christians here. Most of you have been standing up when I say all the right things. And some of you even when I say stuff you didn't like. But be glad I don't preach for response. I know you're starting to love me more and more as we go. But we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. But here's the point. But as many as received him, to them, to them, to that bunch with a different mindset, with a different perspective, with a different perception, with an open heart, and a faith ready to be expanded beyond their understanding, and with a spiritual mind to them. He gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Watch this. Stand if you want to. I'm not going to keep telling you to sit. Watch this. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Let me just pause for a quick commercial break. Too many of us out of our own humanity and flesh have created our Christian posture and encapsulated ourselves within those limitations so we cannot break out. And we have bound and fettered for so long a time that eventually we become the prisoners of apathy and indifference because we can't go any further. And it is self-imposed. I've been doing this for 40 years only. I came in. You can sit if you want to. When do I have to cut these people loose? The natives got to go home at what time? You got all night? Don't worry. Be happy. So, we were born not of the blood or the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, most of us don't realize how powerful and profound this is, but if you understand context in Scripture, then you've got to read the rest to understand what he's trying to say. Because after all the visitation and coming and all the understanding of why his own did not receive him, yet he comes with such a profound statement as this. He gave us power it will receive them. We become sons of God if we believe on his name. We were not going to allow our flesh or our humanity to dictate the parameters of our anointing, but rather we were just going to extend ourselves every day. And by all means, we're going to be found on that last breath that our lungs breathe with our hands stretched out for just another little bit more of him. And then he says this, following sentence, following verse, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's the problem. We jump from in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. And then we jump right to 14. And the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Right? Because we're teaching oneness. But we forgot the part that includes us in the revelation. Because too many of us are prisoners to a revelation because we don't see the fact that that revelation.
Revelation demands expression from each one of us. So if the Word was made flesh and I have the power to become a son of God, then I am his flesh on the earth and his Word has got to manifest itself through me. That's his Word in this flesh. That's revelation. My God, lift your hands again. And that word is trying to become a part of our flesh so that it can manifest itself. You and I are the only hands that Jesus has on the earth. We are his feet. We are his hands. We are his eyes. We are his mouthpiece. And we must operate in the mind of Christ. The word, the word has got to manifest in you and I. Can I go a little deeper? And so, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, Romans 8, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God, do you know what you are entitled to? What comes with the covenant? Come on, it's not a contract, it's a covenant. Do you know what you are heir to? I'm not just talking about living anesthetized in this world while everybody else inherits the earth, happy just to make it to heaven. No, I want to make a difference now while I'm alive. to operate within the inheritance that I have as a child of God now. Selah. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. I love the word. I love the word. That guy's quoting too much scripture. That's your problem. That's your problem. I'd rather be word heavy than ignorant. What? What'd you say? Let me squirt this to you then. I heard you. I heard you. Somebody come down here. Just kidding. I made you nervous though. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow. It affects every aspect of human function, body, soul, and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let me say what I said a few moments ago again. God made room for your humanity in this endeavor. He's not so concerned about it as long as you keep it where it belongs. Because the anointing, the true anointing, the double portion belongs to those who understand the order of creation. When it comes to the anointing of God, I am human, but I am soul and spirit. And that has to be at the forefront of everything I do and how I operate. When I rise up in the morning, when I lay my head down, I can declare, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because every day has been divinely orchestrated and I get to, don't have to, I get to operate in the spirit. You will find me most of the time 
Oh, you'll hear me say it again this week. I love darkness. I love it. I love to sequester myself in the darkest places of my city. From the south side to Pilsen where four gangs converge on the corner of Damon and 18th Street. To Humble Park where the Latin kings and counts and Satan disciples converge. To the north side where the rich and affluent have a guy called Jose cutting their grass. It's okay, I can say it, I'm a Latino. We make the best landscapers. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Y'all need to cut that out of the tape because if my wife hears that, she's really going to jump me about this. What did you say? I said, your last name is Gonzalez, woman. Know your place. <laughs> you married me. Kidding. You know what her nickname is? The War Department. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's what I call her, the War Department. If I was Satan, I'd be afraid of her. <laughs> Thank God I'm just her husband. <laughs> all right, back to the message. No more stand up for you. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him. That's the part we don't want. That's why this season has thrown some of us off. That I may know him, he cried out in Philippians, and the power of his resurrection but Paul had a revelation that there are some things that you're not going to have with him until you join him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Mama, that's why God gave you that word. And anybody else, you've been going through it, you've been suffering, maybe some of it has been self-inflicted, but if it's not, don't you make yourself a victim of your circumstance. God is trying to get close to you. Some revelation can only come through adversity and pain. I know this firsthand. So, if we, so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be also glorified together. When you study the word glorified, it's more than just making it in a glorified body. It is becoming an expression of his light. When I tell you that I love darkness, I will park my car and listen to the gunfire in the hood until I say in the name of Jesus and it stops. It stops. Why? Because it doesn't matter how dark it is. I am light. I am light. Now let me give you another revelation of why I love the darkness. It's not just because I am light, but because who I am precedes me. Your spirit precedes you. Who you are in God or are not in God comes before you. Therefore, before I arrive in the neighborhood, who I am and all the authority I carry arrives before I do. I'm not afraid of a bullet. I'm not afraid of a game. I'm not afraid of anything. I have jurisdiction. My spirit precedes me. Make no mistake, I'm highly trained, and I will bust a cap if I need to. But 
that's a whole different thing. I just blew the whole message, didn't I? <laughs> well, I'm allergic to knives and bullets just like you are. But I, I have prayed bullets out of bodies that were struck by gang fire. I have had bullets drop in my hand. I'm a victim of a drive-by. I know in whom I have believed. I know. I know unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ever ask, I could ever think, imagine, consider. That's the God that I serve. And that's the God that you serve. And somehow or another, I've been sent to tell you, prepare yourself because your spirit's going to precede you and you're going to know it. And that same person that you've been walking by every day at work, all of a sudden now, you're going to feel a new level of authority. You're going to be feeling anointing. God's going to flow through you in the gift of the word of knowledge, the gifts of the working of miracles. He's going to give you a word of wisdom or he's going to give you a prophetic word and you are going to minister like an apostolic should minister. Come on, worship the Lord. Musicians, come. I don't feel to go any further. Come on, lift your hands. Something is settling in the sanctuary right now. Angels have come and they have flanked this building now for the last couple of hours. There is something uh, that God is orchestrating here, and it's being protected uh, by a host of heaven. Uh, something is being released in here, and there is no exit or entry except by permission uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, to those uh, who are positioned uh, right now. Lift your hands to heaven. Uh, here he comes. Uh, musicians, you can play something, whatever you need to do. Just don't sing right now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, come on, church. Something is settling in the building. You got to walk through this threshold so we can carry on tomorrow with the next thing. There's order in the spirit. There is order in the spirit right now. Come on, church, here he comes. This is your moment. I just gave you one piece of mail. I just gave you one piece of mail. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. The Lord is here right now. I know some are struggling to reconcile what you've heard. You just open your spirit. That thing will begin to turn inside of your soul. And it will touch every aspect of your person. It will touch you, body, soul, and spirit. It will touch your mind. Sometime during the night you may rise up uh, from a dead sleep with a revelation uh, and you'll see yourself uh, through his eyes for the first time in a way you've never seen yourself before. He's here right now. Come on, let him, let him settle on you. 
It's okay. It's okay to make it a hallowed moment. No screaming needed. No shouting needed. Just stand in the presence and let the oil flow upon you. Yasha lehantehi rayeta. Yasha elech anatech murudeyaka. Jatelech esurienuch amoch talehye. Resho ulach emehi. Yina some of you haven't prayed in the Holy Ghost for a while you need to let that loose some of you need a fresh fresh flow of intercessory prayer to come out of you there's plenty of intercessors in this building I see that but this is for some of you that have still felt on the fringes and the Lord is telling you come on in Come on in, come on in, come on in, come into the circle. Come in, get back, get out of the outer court. Come into the holy place and then enter into the holy of holies. But you have to cross the barrier of your flesh. You have to cross that flesh barrier. You have to push through. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I want to say one more thing before I give it to your pastor. I am intercessor, I know this. He very frequently and on a daily basis washes my eyes out with tears. He breaks me in a very revelatory way. I listened and I joined you in the spirit of worship in this house. The work that the Holy Ghost is doing here is so, so complete. The implications, Bishop, are so, so prophetic. This is a term that I use, and I want you to take it and understand it for what it is. That God is taking the worship of this church to a prophetic level. It is a worship that not only will bring him in, the moment, but it is a worship that will also cause there to be a prophetic release. In other words, there is a presence of God that is manifest here and now, and then there is a presence of God that is manifested before you that you are to go to. And this is what I'm seeing in a lot of the places where I'm going. God is putting a special anointing upon the worshipers so that when they worship, it's not just in the moment. But they are literally worshiping prophetically for what God is going to do. They are releasing future visitation. He inhabits his praises, and we've always relegated that to the service we're in. He's saying, don't limit me to that. I will inhabit you, your, your praises here, and I will inhabit your future by, because of your praises. I will usher you into your destiny through worship as I will through my word, as I will through the leading of my... Are you listening to what the Holy Ghost... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't think I'm crazy. I'm seeing this. I've watched it happen. And I'm getting calls a year later saying, you were right. Something happened to us. We began to see things as we worshiped. And God showed us things. And we worshiped. And his presence took us from where we were in the moment and showed us things where his presence would take us. Didn't Moses say, if your presence won't go with me, I won't go. He had to have the presence to guide him and take him. That's prophetic. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not a new concept. It's just that we haven't understood it a lot of times. But worship is all-encompassing. And it's multidimensional. And it transcends time and space. Are you listening? That's deep stuff, folks. It's God stuff. Lift your hands now. To receive that from the Lord. 
Would you receive that from the Lord? All you musicians, you're not just players of instruments. You're prophetic worshipers. Every voice that stands up here to worship. Uh, everyone in the congregation who opens their mouth and worships uh, and lifts up their hands uh, and adores him. Uh, you are entitled to a prophetic moment. Uh, you are entitled uh, to let your praise transcend the time that you stand in, the space and the moment you stand in and take you. In the name of Jesus, Bishop, come on up. I want the praise singers to get in place. If you need to go, God bless you. Thank you for being with us tonight. But God is not done with what he wants to do in the house. There are some tonight that are digesting the word of God that has been spoken over this congregation. But not just over the congregation because what God has spoken tonight has been individualized to specific people in this room. You know who you are. You may not understand the details of what God has spoken. But here is what I feel. You have allowed fear and doubt to prevent you from moving into the realm of operation of the Holy Ghost that God is wanting to take the church to. But understand, you're waiting for the church to get there, but you are the church. And so you have got to move there in order for the church to get to the place where God is wanting to take you to. And the revival and the harvest that God spoke over this congregation last Sunday night, God tonight is putting in place all of the parameters and all of the everything and every person that is going to be involved in taking the church to where you want to go. For those of you who have a desire to be used of God but have allowed intimidation and doubt and fear and worry and frustration and all sorts of the weapons of the enemy to get in the way. You have turned that into the flesh. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You're getting offended at other people. You're getting offended at things. When God is saying you need to get it offended at the devil because it is his operation and his work that is preventing you from being able to operate at the level of anointing and authority that God is wanting to do in this house and do in your life and do in this church. I speak against every weapon that the enemy has come against you. Now, CLC, begin to war in the spirit. Begin to war in the Holy Ghost. Begin to war right now against the very thing that is preventing you. He can't shoot at you. If he shoots at you, you will hold the shield of faith and it will have no effect upon you. It will it will fall. The weapon of the enemy will fall at your feet. You will arise. It is God's will for your ministry to prosper. It is God's will for your family to be saved. It is God's will for your finances to be blessed. Come on, seek the Lord right now all over this building. Come on, seek the Lord right now.